Good evening. Tell the person next to you, I love your shoes. Hey, thanks for coming out tonight. I really uh, appreciate it. It's always better than speaking to yourself. It's always good if some come and hear you. <clears throat> Today I, um, um, I probably received one of the greatest compliments I think I've ever received. And uh, I'm serious here. Um, and it came actually from uh, one of Greg's daughters, a five and a half year old. What's her name? Madeline. Madeline. Okay, Madeline. And she sat through the service, which she doesn't always do. And her mum said to her something like, well, what do you think? And she said, she says, that man knows God. I mean, how good is that? I'll, I'll live off that for months. <laughs> Honestly, I will. I'll live off. That's been my... You want some money for it now? <laughs> well, that, it, I'd give it to you, but it would choke you. You know? <laughs> And I don't want to do that to you, all right? So uh, I was just so, so blessed by that and so encouraged. But uh, we, we're talking tonight about hearing God's voice. So, you know, God always confirms his word. And the fact that you've taken time to come out tonight, you will hear God's voice. Many of you will hear it tonight, but others of you will hear it t- this evening after the service or the next few days. But God, if you dare to believe, God confirms his word. They talk about signs following the word. So what you preach is what you release into a house or what you release into people's lives. And just before I get into it, I was just praying this afternoon. And uh, uh, Greg, I just want to release a few words, if that's all right, with you right now. The, the first thing I just felt as I was praying, and it just seemed to come fairly easily to me this afternoon, is that the, the soil of this church is going to become so fertile and so rich that you're going to just see amazing fruit that's just going to appear easily, um, almost without a whole lot of effort. It's, 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 more, it's going to be growth, but it's more than just growth. It's going to be ministry. It's going to be miracles. It's going to be individuals. Suddenly you're going to look at an individual, and they're going to be so fruitful. You're going to think, how did that happen? It's the soil, and you're creating a soil bed in this place that is just going to be so fertile for the Holy Spirit to, to water and see a, a tremendous uh, a growth that uh, it just seems to be so easy. So, hey, receive that. Awesome. I think one area to expect blessing in is in the area of your children. Just keep that the, with the kids out there. Just, ex- just be alert to that one. I think God wants to do something in that area. For you, Greg, I just felt this, and uh, some of this is not new, but I, I do believe that God's going to share some secrets with you. And I know he already has, but I believe the level of revelation is going to go up to, a, to another place um, in God. And church, you need to know that, this is what I felt come to me this afternoon, that this, this man that leads you here is actually carrying something in God that you need to treasure. You know, it, it, often you don't know uh, unless someone really tells you or you see it for yourself. Often we don't know. We have these people leading us, but he is carrying something that uh, I want you to encourage, I want you to pray for, because his voice is going to be heard beyond this place. It's going to be heard in the city, it'll be heard in the nation, and it will be heard in the nations of the world. His fruit is your fruit. You know, so what comes out of this place is for your benefit and for your blessing as well. So do pray for him, do encourage him, and you know, just strengthen his arm as the, the, the influence of this house goes over the wall. 
And uh, it's not just about building a great church, which you will do anyway, but it's much more than that. This is an apostolic church. Apostolic influences beyond the house, influences into the city, into the nation, into the nation. So God, I believe, is doing something very special in this place. I, I Honestly, I can't express to you the difference between one year and now. And if you move at this pace in a year's time, you know, should I have the privilege to come back, then... Uh, you know, I can't imagine the, the soil and the, the level of the spirit at work that you will be experiencing. So don't go anywhere. <laughs> Honestly, hang in this place. You know, so sometimes uh, you just got to recognize what you've actually got. Also, I just felt, Greg, that obstacles will be removed without huge effort or struggle. Don't know what they are, but that God's, psh, this bulldozer is just going to push them out of the way. And uh, he'll take care of all those things. And um, also I just felt that God's going to add to you people who just want to serve the house. They have no agendas. They don't come with any, um, you know, with anything worked out in the heart. They're just something, they're going to come in this place. They're just going to so love this place. They're going to think, man, I just want to serve here. You know, Greg, what can I do? I'll do anything. Children, ushering, toilets. Anything, all right? But that, that spirit is going to start coming into this place. And that will change the atmosphere of the house. So just watch out for some of these things. There's not too much more. A couple more things. Alistair. Now, I couldn't, I, this one took me by surprise. I don't know much about you. But I saw that you had a sword. Okay, but it was in the sheath. And uh, I just get this feeling you're going to pull out that sword. And, and you're going to, the sword's the word of the God, the, word of the, the sword of the spirit. And you're going to use it with greater penetration and greater impact. And I know that you do speak a bit. I don't know. Well, I think maybe you do, but whatever you do. But it was still in the sheath. You know, it's almost like there's another level that God has for you. And this beautiful wife of yours, God's going to take you deeper. Deeper. Yeah, deeper into himself. Okay. And especially just in his presence and, and in, 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 in prayer and, and worship and all that, praise as well. I felt that as well. Praise, that's, well, that's the one that mainly came to me. Is that correct? Is it? Good. Okay, okay. all right, good. It's all right. I'll keep going now that I've got that one right. Now, all the rest were wrong, but I've got one that's right now, so I'll just keep staying with this one. Yeah. So, but, but the reason is you have a huge capacity for it. Yeah. It's actually God's put it in you, so go with it. And this man here, your name? Simon. Simon. So, I hope this is sort of right, but I just felt there's a, there's, there's a warrior in here. Is that good? Oh, I'll keep going on that one. And a warrior takes new territory. Yeah, so God's going to take, cause you to take places that maybe others have tried to but haven't been able to, but there's something of a warrior spirit in you that you're going to smack it open and grab it. I mean, we saw you on there anyway, you know what I mean? All black, you should have been in the haka, man. It's, you know. <laughs> Okay, Father, we thank you for your presence here in this place. And Holy Spirit, we just know that you're going to speak to every person that's taken the time to come here tonight. And I just release your word. Father, I pray your people would hear the voice within the voice and hear that precious and wonderful voice of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that can radically change and transform our lives forever. So, Father, we thank you for your presence. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, and we say, Speak. For your servants would listen, would hearken to the voice of heaven tonight in Jesus' name. In everything that I share tonight, here's the key for you. There'll probably be one thing I say that's going to be the key for you to hear God's voice. So you're going to sit through the 50 things I might say, but one of those things 
is, is crucial for you. And if you will grab that one thing and apply it in your life, you'll begin to hear God's voice in a, in a greater measure than ever before. But if God was to appear to you tonight, which would be absolutely awesome, wouldn't it? If he appeared to you tonight just after you got home and he said to you, now Johnny or Mary or Peter, ask me for anything you want. It's an open checkbook, no holes barred, no restraint. You go for it. Ask me for absolutely anything. What would you ask for? That's a good answer. Very spiritual person over here. Can I have some carnal answers, please? Because I, I just wanted to, I always wanted to go on a boat cruise, you know, uh, you know, around the, I don't know, some around the islands and the sea and, and, you know, just visit some exotic places. But my wife said, you're on your own, buddy. So she won't come. I said, I'll pay for it all. She said, you're on your own. Okay, so I'd like, I'd like a yacht. I'd like a, a lot of things I'd like, but I wonder what you would ask for. I wonder what you would. Boy, I can hear some... Going there. <laughs> Greg wants more hair. <laughs> no, no, someone over there said that. That's right. He wants to stay with the glory. Well, look... This actually happened to a guy in the Bible. So turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 3, all right? So this happened to this guy. And it was, his name was Solomon. And God turned up to him. Wish he had turned up to me. And it said unto him, verse 5, At Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon, 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5, in a dream by night. And God said, Ask, what shall I give you? Wow, imagine that. Anything you want. So verse 9. He said, therefore give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I might discern between good and evil for who is able to judge this great people of yours. And then verse 12 says, behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart that there may be none, there has not been anyone like you before, nor shall there be after you. I've also, hey, in addition to everything, I've given you what you didn't ask for, riches and honor so that there shall be not anyone like you among all the kings of your days. So, hey, when you ask for the right thing, God gives you everything else as well. That's a good lesson in there just to learn, isn't there? But he asked for the word here, an understanding heart. The word is shama, S-H-A-M-A, which actually means a heart to hear, but it doesn't stop there, and obey. So the wisest man in the world, when asked, you can have anything you like, he said, God, Forget everything else, just give me a, a heart that can hear your voice, but not only hear it, but also to obey it. So I would suggest, based on Scripture, the greatest ability any one of us, in a sense, could ever have would be to hear and obey God's voice. If you can do that, God will add everything else, I believe, to you. A man was visiting the Middle East, and he was sitting on a hillside, and he watched as three shepherds were approaching a waterhole with their flocks. And he felt concerned because all the three flocks from different places all merged into one place to this watering hole. And so he wondered, how on earth are these sheep ever going to find which flock they belong to? And so he was concerned when after the, the sheep had all, all drank their water, the she three shepherds took off in different directions all singing. And as they took off singing, the, the sheep began to come out of the watering trough and they all followed in different lines and each one followed their own shepherd because they all knew their shepherd's voice as opposed to the voice of any other shepherd. The reason they knew his voice was because they had grown up with their shepherd. 
And they'd heard him out in the field singing and talking to them. And they'd got to know their shepherd so well that they were able to distinguish his voice from anyone else's voice. So come with me now to John chapter 10 because this speaks specifically about it. We'll give you a few scriptures to give us a biblical base for what we're saying tonight. Verse 4, John 10 verse 4 says, And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before him, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Verse 27, My sheep, read this with me if you found it, verse 27 of John chapter 10, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Jesus said, His sheep follow him because they know his voice. So if you're going to follow Jesus as he wants you to follow him, it's important that you are able to hear his voice. Because if you can't hear his voice, you can only guess at what to do. And a lot of Christians and a lot of ministries are just guessing what they should do. But my Bible says, no, if you're going to follow the shepherd, you need to be able to hear his voice. And as you hear his voice, you can pursue the plan and the purpose of Almighty God for your life. Now, he's got your life all mapped out. There's a blueprint from it, from A to Z. And it's, it's, it's already marked out by God. He's designed it all for you. But the challenge for you and I is to sort of, as Greg's been saying, die to ourselves, hear the voice of God, and just follow the blueprint. Just follow the voice. It's not rocket science. It's not complicated. It's not difficult. You don't have to fast 40 days to find out God's will. Just listen to the voice of the shepherd. And my Bible says, my, how many of you are God's sheep? You're pretty nervous about that, aren't you? Yeah, if you're a Christian, you want a God's sheep. My Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. That's pretty simple, isn't it? That's not, that's not a complicated statement. So God's sheep hear his voice. So you can learn to hear the voice of God. Matthew 4.4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds but from the mouth of God. In other words, you live by the word of God. Matthew 4.4. 4. You can't live without it. Really, as a Christian, you're going to struggle to live with it. It says, man shall not live by bread alone. Hey, eating bread, and even if it's chicken curry, which I love, it's not going to do the job. It's not going to do the job. You've got to hear. We live by the voice of God. And you know, I think Christianity, one of the sad things is that we kind of, we're happy if we hear God's voice once a year. But you can't walk with God hearing His voice once a year. You know you, you need to be able to hear it on a regular basis. So let me just tell you, before we tell you a bit more about how to hear God's voice, let me tell, talk a little bit about the power of God's voice to you. So when you hear God's voice, what happens? He plants a seed from God in your heart. It's a seed. The voice of God is like a seed planted in us. And that seed has incredible power. And whatever's born of God overcomes that's why if you've heard something from God for your life, for your ministry, for your church, it's a seed from heaven. And that seed is unbelievably powerful. Let me give you an example. When I was saved many years ago, about 30 years ago, the early days of my ministry, God spoke two words into my heart. He wrote the word harvest or souls, and he wrote the word nations. And he just spoke those two words into my spirit. And they were like seeds born from heaven. And 30 odd years later, those two seeds are still there. They're stronger than ever. And they are bearing more and more fruit. 
Why? Because they're seeds that I've got from heaven. So my life and ministry really is based around those two words. That's reaching lost people and impacting a nation or nations for Jesus Christ. And so those seeds, if you, and you'll find in your life, God has given you seeds. But sometimes we ignore them. Sometimes we let them go. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. Some of you have had seeds and he's come and stolen that seed away from you. He is a highway robber. And he'll grab what God's... Because that, that seed you have is probably the most precious thing that you have. That's the thing that's going to bear the very life of God. That's the thing that's going to bust through all opposition. That which is born of God overcomes. And so the devil wants to grab that seed off you. You want to go back over your life and find out what seeds has God planted in your life. What things has he, has he spoken to you? You see, friends, you need to hear God's voice for yourself. Listen to CDs, DVDs, sermons. It's all good, especially if they're mine. They're particularly good. But never let that take the place of hearing God for yourself. Come on, church. Don't live off someone else's revelation. Get your own. Find out what God is for yourself. You know, and, uh, and, and you can do that. You can, you can uh, uh, reach out to God and allow the Spirit to speak to you. You see, the Bible was never meant to replace the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is never meant to replace the Bible. The Bible gives us doctrine, but the Holy Spirit, often through the Word, gives us His voice. And some people have uh, replaced the Holy Spirit with this book. And it's all about the book. Yes, it is all about the book, but under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. You take that out of there, and this book is lifeless, it's dead, it's legalistic, and it's boring. You know, Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Yes, it's a word of God, but it's empowered by the Holy Ghost. And you know, they say that all word, you'll dry up. All spirit, you'll blow up. Word and the Spirit, you will grow up. And I believe Rock Church is called to be Word and Spirit. And so then you're going to grow and mature in God, and you're going to present a balanced view of Christianity. It's not too much one way or the other, but it's Word and Spirit coming through together. Amen? Is that good for this church? I hope it is, and hope you can live up to it, and I'm sure that you will. The Word and the Spirit Flowing together is a fantastic thing. Anyway, there was a, let me tell you the story about this guy, an American. He wanted to write a book about famous churches around the world. So he flew to Orlando and he's taking photos and he notices golden telephone booth mounted on the wall with a sign, $10,000 per call. Intrigued, he asked the minister, what's that phone call for? Phone for that? And he said, well, it's a direct line to heaven for $10,000. You can speak direct to God. I thought, man, that's cool. He thanked the man flew to Atlanta Came to a very large cathedral, saw the same looking golden telephone with the same side. sign. Asked the nun, what's the phone for? She said, it's a direct line to heaven. For $10,000, you can talk directly to God. So the man traveled all across America, Europe, England, Japan, Australia, everywhere the same golden telephone line, same price tag, $10,000. Finally, the man traveled to New Zealand to see if the Kiwis had the same phone. Were they in connection with God? He arrived in Wellington. And he came to the Rock Church. Well, he came to a church in New Zealand. He entered in, he saw the same golden telephone. But the price tag was not $10,000, only 40 cents. Surprise, he said to the pastor, he said, I've traveled all around the world. I've seen the same golden telephone everywhere around the world. They tell me it's a direct line to heaven, but it always costs $10,000. Why is it so cheap here? The pastor smiled and answered, you're in New Zealand now, son. It's a local call. 
<laughs> it's a local call, man. Second thing about the power of God's word, the power of God's voice, it's a key to successful life and ministry. We sort of touched on that. But if you look at the early church, it turned the world upside down. Do you know one thing you see everywhere in the early church? The Spirit said. The Lord said. The Spirit said, go here. Separate me, Paul and Barnabas. You know, Peter, go and speak to the Gentiles. You know, Philip, go and, go and talk to the Ethiopian. The voice of God is everywhere in the early church. And friends, we've got to go back to the blueprint of the early church. They were led by the Spirit. Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. They are mature sons. The word is huios there. Sons is huios. It means mature. So as you mature as a child of God, you are then increasingly led by the Spirit. And that's the way you can actually monitor your growth in Christ, of how far you've actually got. How, to what extent, on a regular basis, are you actually being led by the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to lead you so you're actually no longer doing your will, but you're doing the will of God. And so you're following the direction of God. And that's obviously going to be the place of maximum fruitfulness. And, uh, and, but sometimes we're so caught up in our own lives, we're just, we're just leading ourselves. You know? Well, here, let me ask you a question. Who do you reckon would be a better leader of your life, you or God? How many would say God? Well, why don't you let him? Huh? Why don't you let him? You know why? Because you actually think you can do a better job. You know? And then when you get into a mess, you say, oh, God, help me. He said, I was ready to help you years ago, but you took the steering wheel. You decided you could do a better job than I can. And now you're in a mess. You're in a ditch and you want me to help you up. Because I'm so merciful, I will pick you up and let you go again. But now what are you going to do? Most of us, we say, thank you, God, for helping me out. Now I'll take over my life again. Now I'll walk the way I want to walk. I'll go where I want to do. God, I've got plans. You know what I've found about most Christians? Most Christians have got an agenda for their own lives and they want it, they send it up to heaven for approval. God, will you approve this plan for my life? And God says, no, no, I've got a plan for your life. So you say, okay, God, thank you. Send me the plan. He, God sends you the plan down for his life and you have a look at the plan. You say, no, thank you, God, I've got other plans. So, I mean, who's in charge here? You know, we, honestly, we're trying to call the shots with the creator of the universe. We're trying to tell him how to run our lives. We're trying to tell him what we're willing to do and what we're not willing to do. We don't have any idea who we're dealing with. This is God Almighty. Sorry for getting a little bit excited on that point there, but... Yeah, let him be God. He'll do a good job for you. You know, he won't mess your life up, I promise you. It may look like he's going to mess it up, but... He won't. The only person that messes up your life is you. Moving on. The voice of God will give you strength. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. A number of years ago in our church, we had a number of, over a period of years, we had a number of pastors sort of canning out and leaving and going off to other places. And it was, it was not very nice. I found it pretty hard at the time and really began a struggle with it. And I said, oh God, this is awful. You know, I need every good worker I can get. And I was really, there was about three in the period of about 18 months, so it was really hard. And so I just cried out to God, and God gave me a verse. It's found in Jeremiah 17, verse 5 and 7. It says, Cursed is the man who trusts in man. And see, like you'd be like a, a bush, you know, unfruitful bush in the wilderness or something like that. And then he, next verse, few verses later, he said, But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. He'd be like a tree planted by the water, is going to bear all this fantastic fruit. I just felt God say to me so clearly, Greg, it was just a powerful word to my heart that's actually strengthened me for the last 10 or 15 years. 
He said, Tark, do not trust in man. You know, don't put your trust, whether, whether it's in a staff person or a worker or with someone out in the community or a leader, anything. He said, he did, he loved them, cared for them, but don't put your trust there. Cursed is the man who trusts in man. But how often we trust in man, eh? Yeah. Why would we trust in man this, who won't even let the Lord lead their lives? You know? Yeah, that's right. So we're dumb. I was dumb. But I learned that lesson. I learned that lesson and God also said to me, listen to this, he said to me, Tark, let me give you a promise. He said, my work will never fall to the ground for lack of hands to carry it on. That's a powerful word. Powerful word for any church. My work, okay, I'll say it again. My work will never fall to the ground, in other words, my church, for lack of hands to carry it on. So when we lose people, we get all worried. God said, don't worry about it. I'll provide you everything that you need. Because after all, it's his church. And, and he can build it. Yeah. Well, we just got to trust him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes we say, God, do you know what you're doing? He usually says, yes, I do. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's keep going. Okay. How can, you hear God, how can you hear God's voice a bit better? Number one is realize hearing God's voice is the right of every Christian. Bible is very clear. God speaks. He still speaks today. He says, my sheep hear my voice. How many of you, when you were children, if you can remember that far back, how many of you can, when you were children, you could actually hear your father's voice? Was there anyone here who couldn't hear their father's voice? No. No. No, you still, some still do. Yeah. Even though he's dead, they still hear it. Anyway, so as children, you could hear the father's voice. Your father's voice. You've got a heavenly father. You're his, one of his children. It's the same, folks. It's not complicated. It's not rocket science. You don't need a training session on how to hear God's voice. As a child, no one teaches a child how to hear that, that father's voice. What? It just lives with the father. Did you hear that? Lives with the father. Hangs around the father. Is with the father. The father's always talking to it. He's always talking to the father. Father goes into the next room and calls out. He knows it's the father. Why? He's heard that voice so many times. So friends, it's, it's, just not, it's just not difficult. I think we've complicated hearing God's voice. Listen to this guy, this ungodly heathen miner. He's, he's down in the mines and he hears this voice saying, go down 100 feet and call the Austrian miner out. And he thinks, Man, I'm going crazy. A few minutes later, go down to the... 100 feet and call the Austrian miner out. And he thinks, man, my imagination. He probably thought he needed a rest or a break. The voice comes a third time, this time more urgent. Go down 100 feet, call the miner out. And I think he's swearing and cursing by this time. thinking, what, what on earth is going on? So finally he thinks, okay, goes down really embarrassing. He says, hey, come on out. Guy comes out and he's just feeling really stupid. But two minutes later, the entire mine caved in. Here's an ungodly miner swearing his head off who could hear the voice of God. If he can hear the voice of God, do you reckon you can? Come on, you can hear his voice. If you take nothing away from this, you just understand you can hear his voice. Number two, number two, and it comes, I've already touched on this, you want to hear God's voice, you've got to spend time with God. See, the only way we can get to know the voice of God is the same way the sheep out on the pastures got to know their shepherd. They just hung around the shepherd. You know, when he was out in the pastures singing, they were there. They were right there. They didn't run off miles away. They just hung around the ship. They spent time with the shepherd. You see, the sheep, again like children, the sheep were never taught to hear the shepherd's voice, were they? You think about it. 
They didn't have to go to class. This is how you understand my voice. No, no, they just listened to the shepherd. They just spent time with the shepherd. It was an automatic thing. They began to hear his voice. Let me tell you, let me make it real clear. Spend time with God, and you'll begin to hear his voice. It's as simple as that. Don't, don't go to 10-point seminars and, you know, you know three-day conferences on hear the voice. I mean, you, you can do that if you like, but just give that money to me because I'm making it easy. <laughs> All right? Just, just spend some time with the shepherd. See, I, I travel up overseas a lot, quite a bit. Sometimes I'm in the back blocks of some country. I won't pick on any in case there's someone here from that country, but let's go for Bangladesh. Anyone here from Bangladesh? That's safe. So go to a place like Bangladesh or even India, actually. I go there. And sometimes I'll get on the phone and I'll, I'll ring home. I'll ring Adrian. And the light is horrific, like the crackle, crackle pop. And, you know, you can barely hear it. And she answers the phone and she says, hello. Instantly, in a terrible line, I know it's her voice. Do you know why? And I even know the mood she is in. Why did Alistair go? I even know that. Why? Because I've lived with her so long. And I've heard her voice so often. I don't have to think, now, I wonder if that's Adrian. I wonder if it's a lady down the road. <laughs> I wonder if someone sneaked into my house. You know, I know instantly, instantly. And it's the same. That's, that's how you get to know God's voice. You know, instantly. I, I mean, I've got down the road long enough now that pretty much when I'm reading the Bible, if God speaks to me, I'll know. You know and, and, and that's where I get most of the voice of God I get actually is from the book. All right? just, I, I just, and sometimes it's barely perceptible. Barely perceptible, yet it's really strongly perceptible because I'm accustomed to it, hearing the voice of God. There was an American Indian walking down the street, crowded streets of New York. And he says to his friend, there's a racket going on. He said, I can hear a cricket. You know, one of those little animals. He said, I can hear this cricket. The guy says, come on, and all this noise, how can you possibly hear a cricket? The guy goes to the downpipe by a wall, down by a building, and there is a cricket making the noise. And, uh, and then the American Indian said this, you always hear what your heart is listening for. Then he demonstrated. He grabbed a whole lot of coins. He threw them on the concrete. Immediately, 12 people looked around. Because their heart and ears were tuned to the sound of money. In the midst of a racket, that little twinkle of a coin, they picked it up. So friends, what your ears and your heart is tuned to is what you can do. And if you can tune into the voice of God, you just get on, you, the thing is to get on the pathway. Once you're on the pathway, see I got onto this pathway maybe, oh, probably 30 years ago. And I've just kept chasing it and chasing it and chasing it and chasing it and and, you know, God's voice gets clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer. It's not, not an open line, but, boy, it's certainly pretty fantastic. See, one of our problems is this, is we can hear in two ways. We can hear with our physical ears, and we can hear with our spiritual ears. The problem is, most of us just develop the physical ears and neglect the spiritual. But you can actually develop both of them. 
And so you want to hear with these ears and you want to hear with the ears of your spirit. You know, can I just say in the midst of all this, the greatest ministry of all is ministry to the Lord. That's the greatest. It's more important than ministry to people. Because ministry to the Lord flows out of ministry to people. Sorry, ministry to people flows out of ministry to the Lord. And you know, if you neglect the first, ministry to people is going to become a burden. It's going to become a hassle. And it's going to burn you out. And that's why a lot of Christians burn out. But if out of ministry and communion... See, Jesus ministered out of communion with the Father. In fact, he said, I don't do anything unless I see the Father doing it. That's the model. That's the model. So, so go back to communion with the Father. See, we're talking about a new wineskin. Greg's talking about He's absolutely right. God's created a new wineskin in this place. It doesn't exist in many places. I travel around the country. I travel overseas. This new wineskin God's after is some of the stuff we're talking about today. That, this is the new wineskin. See, people, Christians all over the world, running this way, running that way, with their own plans, their own ideas, and all the rest of it. But they're skipping the fundamentals of, one, hearing God's voice, which comes out of ministry to the Lord. And I, I once heard, I, I was told this when I started out in my ministry, God spoke to me and he said, Tark, he said, you've got to come into a relationship with me higher than your office. He said, otherwise the very office will destroy you. Did you hear that? You've got to come and see, a lot of people want ministry. They want to do this and that. Why do so many of them crash? Because they never came into a relationship with God higher than their office. Otherwise, the very office will destroy you. That wasn't in the notes, so that's an extra 50 bucks, mate. <laughs> okay, number three, we're just about through. How's that time? Oh, gosh, time's gone. <clears throat> Develop your spirit, man. You're made body, soul, and spirit. It's with your spirit you know God. Your spirit. See, you, he created you, listen to this, with an immense, and I mean immense capacity to know God. You have a phenomenal capacity to know God. It's not just the Apostle Paul. It's not just Noah and Abraham and David. No, no, no. This is for you and me. We have that incredible, should you dare to, to utilize it, would, should you dare to develop, you have this, any, everyone in this room, this amazing, amazing capacity to know God. But you see, we're body, soul, and spirit. You develop the body, you get a champion fighter. You develop the soul, you get an intellect, a professor. You develop the spirit, you get a man of God. Or you get a woman of God. Always pursue and hang around the man of God and the woman of God. They've developed their spirit and they've come into relationship <clears throat> with the Lord. How do you feed your spirit? Very simply. How do you develop your spirit? You just feed it. How do you feed it? You feed it with prayer. Feed it with, if you dare, go do a bit of fasting. You feed it by reading God's word on your knees or in his presence. You feed it through worship, through church, <clears throat> through fellowship with other Christians, through God, with God, being with God's people, CDs, DVDs, all that stuff, anything that feeds that spirit man within you. And let, can I just throw something extra in here? Hey, get to church. Get to church. You know, don't, don't ever miss church. Get to church. You know, when I was saved, and I'm probably pushing the boundary here a little bit, but I went to every service that happened. I was there morning, I was there afternoon, I was there at the prayer meeting, I was at everything. Do you know why? There was this spirit within me that was so hungry. I could not get enough of God. 
I could not get enough of being with God's people, being in His presence, worshipping Him, hearing the Word. I just said, and then after that, I'd go and get tapes and I'd listen to those and all the rest of it. But if you can't get tapes and DVDs, just come to church. Honestly, the impact in your life, if you want to learn some of this stuff, being in church is a huge bonus along the road. And you know, you miss church once a, once a week or miss it for two or three weeks. Honestly, this is what happens. Your spirit level, it just and you know what happens then? The carnal man steps up. Then you suddenly, why? How come I'm being tempted to this? Ask yourself the question: How long before you, since you were feeding your spirit man? When were you last in church? When were you last worshiping the Lord? You know, the, you know, the, whatever God asks us to do is always for our good. It's always to bless us and help us. All right, just to wrap this up, ways God speaks today. Very quickly, I'm not going to go into this. Number one, through people. It takes humility, but God will often speak to you through people. They'll talk to you, they'll say something to you. Listen for what God is saying through another person. It's not always going to come from heaven or from the Bible or even in prayer. Often it will come through people. Secondly, I found the peace of God is a huge key to knowing that what God is saying. Colossians 3.15, at the peace of God rule in your hearts. God's peace is a great indicator that you're doing the right thing. I once had to make a massive decision, probably the biggest decision apart from getting married I ever had to make in my life. I just couldn't do it. And I said, God, I just can't do it. I just don't know if I've got this right. So, but I knew one thing. I said, God, if you give me your peace, I know your peace, and I'll know I'm doing the right thing. So God said, it's yours. He mantled me with peace for about six months to get through this huge decision that I had to make. Don't ever make a decision without the peace of God. Uh-huh. Don't, ever, don't ever do that. You know? Stay where you're meant to be. You know? Keep with where you're meant to, what God is wanting you to do in your life. And that peace of God is, is such a very, very important thing. Because, you know, this is what, listen carefully. I know I've gone out of time, but there's something I want to say here. Sometimes God brings us into a place of blessing. And, and we're positioned for blessing. And then, some, then, then because we live in a very mobile society, we think, oh, I think I'll shift town. Or I think I'll buy a new house. Or, you know, I think I'll go overseas, Australia. I mean, how dumb is that? But anyway, Australia. <laughs> you know, mobile society. You know, and bits of mo- but, but the thing is, God's brought you under his blessing. He's brought you in a place of his favor. And in a mobile society, I think sometimes we just too quickly move out of where God has positioned us or the city he's positioned us, or even the church he's positioned us in, because we get these other ideas. And so we, we don't, the, the peace of God is often a real indicator that you're in the right, doing the right thing in what God wants you to do. Number three is the Bible. Anyone who reads the Bible regularly, with an open heart, you're going to hear the voice of God. Just become, get in the book. You will start hearing very easily. Number four is in prayer. This is how it works in prayer. You're praying about a number of things. Suddenly something's easy to pray for. What is that? That's the voice of God. It's very simple. You, no, everyone, everyone can do that here. So here's, here's an idea. Just keep praying until something comes sharp. Then you think, man, here it is. I'm hearing God's voice right here. This is what God's saying to me. This is what he wants me to pray for. This is a quickening, and that's, that's the voice of God. Or the similar will come through music. You know, you're listening, you're in a worship song, and you think that song was good, that was good. Suddenly, <gasps> heaven opens, and you're lost. No one else is, but you are. Why? Because God's speaking to you. Read the words of those songs. Read the words. See what the words are saying. There'll be some specific thing that God's apprehending your heart on. You know, so often Moses was at the burning bush. This bush was burning. It was clearly God. 
But you notice it wasn't until Moses turned aside to look that God spoke. And sometimes these things are happening. A song is great, but we don't stop to really look and then God can speak. So you've got to take time aside to, the, to do that. And the last one is a repeating verse or a phrase. You know, you, you suddenly you get a, a verse, same verse turns up four times in a week or in a month. Hello? <laughs> this is God speaking <laughs> four times? Or, or, or even a phrase. I know a friend of mine was making, wanting to make a decision whether he should go somewhere or not. Driving on his motorbike, sees a stop sign, and suddenly the stop sign got like it tripled in size. See, oh, well, that was unusual. It happened three times. And he knew God was saying, stop, don't go there. My sheep hear my voice. It's the right of every born again believer. And I trust I've just started you on a journey that, number one, that it's not difficult to spend time with the Father, spend time with God, and soon enough you begin to hear the voice of God. Amen? Yeah. Is that all right? Okay.